when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately, plump, buck bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by David Delaney and Sylvia Whitman. Those are nice things, says the citizen, coming over here to Ireland, filling the country with bugs. So Bloom lets on he heard nothing, and he starts talking with Joe, telling him he needn't trouble about that little matter till the first, but if he would just say a word to Mr. Crawford. And so Joe swore high and holy, by this and by that, he'd do the devil and all. Because you see, says Bloom, for an advertisement, you must have repetition. That's the whole secret. Rely on me, says Joe. Swindling the peasants, says the citizen, and the poor of Ireland. We want no more strangers in our house. Oh, I'm sure that will be all right, Hines, says Bloom. It's just the keys, you see. Consider that done, says Joe. Very kind of you, says Bloom. The strangers, says the citizen. Our own fault. We let them come in. We brought them. The adulteress and her paramour brought the Saxon robbers here. Decree Nissi, says J.J., and Bloom letting on to be awfully deeply interested in nothing, a spider's web in the corner behind the barrel, and the citizen scowling after him, and the old dog at his feet, looking up to know who to bite and when. A dishonoured wife, says the citizen. That's what's the cause of all our misfortunes. And here she is, says Alf, that was giggling over the police gazette with Terry on the counter, in all her war paint. Give us a squint at her, says I. And what was it? Only one of the smutty Yankee pictures Terry borrows off of Corny Kelleher. Secrets for enlarging your private parts. Misconduct of Society Bell. Norman W. Tupper, wealthy Chicago contractor, finds pretty but faithless wife in lap of Officer Taylor. Bell in her bloomers, misconducting herself and her fancy man, feeling for her tickles, and Norman W. Tupper... Bouncing in with his pea-shooter just in time to be late after she doing the trick of the loop with Officer Taylor. Oh, Jacob's Jenny, says Joe. How short your shirt is. There's hair, Joe, says I. Get a Creole tenant of corned beef off of that one, what? So anyhow, in came John Wise Nolan and Lenham with him, with a face on him as long as late breakfast. Well, says the citizen, what's the latest from the scene of action? What did those tinkers in the city hall at their caucus meeting decide about the Irish language? Oh, Nolan, clad in shining armour, low-bending, made obeisance to the precinct and high and mighty chief of all Erin, and did him to wit of that which had befallen, how that the grave elders of the most obedient city, second of the realm, had met them in the Thossal, and there after due prayers to the gods, who dwell in Ether Supernal, had taken solemn counsel whereby they might, if so be it might be, bring once more into honour among mortal men the winged speech of the sea-divided gale. It's on the march, says the citizen, to hell with the bloody brutal Sassanacs and their patois. 
So JJ puts in a word, doing the toff about one story was good till you heard another, and blinking facts, and the Nelson policy, putting your blind eye to the telescope, and drawing up a bill of attainder to impeach a nation, and Bloom trying to back him up, moderation and botheration, and there are colonies, and there are civilization. There is civilization, you mean, says the citizen. To hell with them. The curse of a good-for-nothing god lights sideways on the bloody, thick-lugged sons of whores gets. No music and no art and no literature worthy of the name. Any civilization they have, they stole from us, tongue-tied sons of bastards, ghosts. The European family, says JJ. They're not European, says the citizen. I was in Europe with Kevin Egan of Paris. You wouldn't see a trace of them or their language anywhere in Europe, except in a cabinet d'essence. And says John Wise, Full many a flower is born to blush unseen. And says Lenehan, that knows a bit of the lingo, Conspuez les Anglais, perfide Albion, he said. And then lifted he in his rude, great, brawny, strengthy hands the meadow of dark, strong, foamy ale, and, uttering his tribal slogan, Larm derg abou, he drank to the undoing of his foes, a race of mighty, valorous heroes, rulers of the waves, who sit on thrones of alabaster, silent as the deathless gods. What's up with you? says I to Lenehan. You look like a fellow that has lost a bob and found a tanner. Gold cup, says he. Who won, Miss Lenehan? says Terry. Throw away, says he, at twenty to one, a rank outsider, and the rest nowhere. And Bass's mare, says Terry. Still running, says he. We're all in a cart. Borland plunged two quid on my tip, scepter, for himself and a lady friend. I had half a crown myself, says Terry, on Zinfandel, that Mr. Flynn gave me, Lord Howard de Valdens. Twenty to one, says Lenham, such as life in an outhouse. Throw away, says he. Takes the biscuit and talking about bunions. Frailty, thy name is Scepter. So he went over to the biscuit tin Bob Doran left to see if there was anything he could lift on the nod. The old cur after him, backing his luck with his mangy snout up. Old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard. Not there, my child, says he. Keep your pecker up, says Joe. She'd have won the money only for the other dog. And J.J. and the citizen arguing about law and history, with Bloom sticking in an odd word. Some people, says Bloom, can see the moat in others' eyes, but they can't see the beam in their own. Ramesh, says the citizen. There's no one as blind as the fellow that won't see, if you know what that means. Where are our missing 20 millions of Irish? Should be here today instead of four. Our lost tribes. And our potteries and textiles, the finest in the whole world. And our wool that was sold in Rome in the time of Juvenal. And our flax and our damask from the looms of Antrium. And our limerick lace, our tanneries. And our white flint glass down there by Ballybuck. And our Huguenot poplin that we have since Jacquard de Lyon. And our woven silk and our Foxford tweeds and ivory raised point from the Carmelite convent in New Ross. Nothing like it in the whole wild world. Where are the Greek merchants that came through the pillars of Hercules, the Gibraltar now grabbed by the foe of mankind, with gold and Tyrian purple to sell in Wexford at the fair of Carmen? Read Tacitus and Ptolemy, even Geraldus Cambrensis. Wine, peltries, Connemara marble, silver from Tipperary, second to none, our far-famed horses even today, the Irish hobbies, with King Philip of Spain offering to pay custom duties. 
for the right to fish in our waters? What do the yellow johns of Anglia owe us for our ruined trade and our ruined hearts? And the beds of the Barrow and Shannon, they won't deepen with millions of acres of marsh and bog to make us all die of consumption. As treeless as Portugal will be soon, says John Wise, or Heligoland, with its one tree, if something is not done to reforest the land, larches, firs, all the trees of the conifer family are going fast. I was reading a report of Lord Castletown's. Save them, says the citizen. The giant ash of Galway and the chieftain elm of Kildar, with a 40-foot bowl and an acre of foliage, save the trees of Ireland for the future men of Ireland on the fair hills of Ayr. Oh, Europe has its eyes on you says Lenham. The fashionable international world attended en masse this afternoon at the wedding of the Chevalier Jean Wise de Nolan, Grand High Chief Ranger of the Irish National Foresters, with Miss Fur Conifor of Pine Valley, Lady Sylvester Elmshade, Mrs. Barbara Lovebirch, Mrs. Paul Ash, Mrs. Holly Hazel-Eyes, Miss Daphne Bays, Miss Dorothy Canebrake, Mrs. Clyde Twelve Trees, Mrs. Rowan Green, Mrs. Helen Vinegadding, Miss Virginia Creeper, Miss Gladys Beach, Miss Olive Garth, Miss Blanche Maple, Mrs. Maud Mahogany, Miss Myra Myrtle, Miss Priscilla Elderflower, Miss Bee Honeysuckle, Miss Grace Poplar, Miss O Mimosa San, Miss Rachel Cedarfront, the Misses Lillian and Viola Lilac, Miss Timidity Aspinall, Mrs. Kitty Dewey Moss, Miss May Hawthorne, and Mrs. Gloriana Palm, Mrs. Liana Forrest, and Mrs. Arabella Blackwood, and Mrs. Norma Holly Oak of Oak Home Regis graced the ceremony by their presence. The bride, who was given away by her father, the McConifor of the glands, looked exquisitely charming in a creation carried out in green, mercer-sized silk, moulded on an underslip of gloaming grey, sashed with a yoke of broad emerald and finished with a triple flounce of darker-hued fringe, the scheme being relieved by bretelles and hip insertions of acorn bronze. The maids of honour, Miss Larch Conifor and Miss Spruce Conifor, sisters of the bride, wore very becoming costumes in the same tone, a dainty motif of plume rose, being worked into the pleats in a pinstripe and repeated capriciously in the jade green toques in the form of heron feathers of pale tinted coral. Senior Enrique Flor presided at the organ with his well-known ability and, in addition to the prescribed numbers of the nuptial mass, played a new and striking arrangement of Woodman Spare That Tree at the conclusion of the service. On leaving the church of St. Fiacre in Horto, after the papal blessing, the happy pair were subjected to a playful crossfire of hazelnuts, beech mast, bay leaves, catkins of willow, ivy tod, holly berries, mistletoe sprigs, and quicken shoots. Mr. and Mrs. Wise Conifor Nolan will spend a quiet honeymoon in the Black Forest. And our eyes are on Europe, says the citizen. We had our trade with Spain and the French, 
and with the Flemings before those mongrels were put. Spanish ale in Galway, the wine bark on the wine dark waterway. And will again, says Joe. And with the help of the Holy Mother of God, we will again, says the citizen, clapping his thigh. Our harbours that are empty will be full again. Queenstown, Kinsale, Galway, Blacksod Bay, Vuntry in the Kingdom of Kerry, Kellybegs, the third largest harbour in the wide world, with a fleet of masts of the Galway lynches, and the Cavan O'Reilly's and the O Kennedy's of Dublin, when the Earl of Desmond could make a treaty with the Emperor Charles V himself. And will again, says he, when the first Irish battleship is seen breasting the waves with our own flag to the fore, none of your Henry Trudeau's harps, no, the oldest flag afloat, the flag of the province of Desmond and Thomond, three crowns on a blue field, the three sons of Milesius. And he took the last swig out of the pint, Moya. All wind and piss like a tanyard cat. Cows and connacht have long horns, as much as his bloody life is worth, to go down and address his tall talk to the assembled multitude in Shanagolden, where he daren't show his nose with the Molly Maguires looking for him to let daylight through him for grabbing the holding of an evicted tenant. Here, here to that, says John Wise. What will you have? An imperial yeomanry, says Lenin, to celebrate the occasion. Half one, Terry, says John Wise, and a hands up. Terry, are you asleep? Yes, sir, says Terry. Small whiskey and bottle of allsop, right, sir. Hanging over the bloody paper with Alf looking for spicy bits, instead of attending to the general public. Picture of a butting match, trying to crack their bloody skulls, one chap going for the other with his head down like a bull at a gate. And another one, black beast burned in Omaha, G.R. A lot of deadwood dicks in slouch hats, and they firing at a sambo strung up on a tree, with his tongue out and a bonfire under him, gob, they ought to drown him in the sea after and electrocute and crucify him to make sure of their job. But what about the fighting navy, says Ned, that keeps our foes at bay? I'll tell you what about it, says a citizen. Hell upon earth it is. Read the revelations that's going on in the papers about flogging on the training ships at Portsmouth, a fellow writes that calls himself Disgusted One. So he starts telling us about corporal punishment and about the crew of Tarzan officers and rear admirals drawn up in cocked hats and the parson with his Protestant Bible to witness punishment and a young lad brought out howling for his ma and they tie him down on the butt end of a gun. A rampant dozen, says a citizen, was what that old ruffian Sir John Beresford called it, but the modern God's Englishman calls it canning on the breach and says John Wise. "'Tis a custom more honoured in the breach than in the observance.' "'Then, he was telling us, the master-at-arms comes along with a long cane "'and he draws out and he flogs the bloody backside off of the poor lad "'till he yells, male a murder.' "'That's your glorious British Navy,' says the citizen, "'that bosses the earth, the fellows that never will be slaves, "'with the only hereditary chamber on the face of God's earth "'and their land in the hands of a dozen game-hogs and cotton-bull barons.' That's the great empire they boast about of drudges and whipped serfs. On which the sun never rises, says Joe. And the tragedy of it is, says the citizen, they believe it. The unfortunate yahoos believe it. They believe in Rod, the scourger almighty, creator of hell upon earth, and in Jackie Tar, the son of a gun, who was conceived of unholy boast, born of the fighting navy, suffered under rump and dozen, was scarified, 
flayed and curried, yelled like bloody hell. The third day he arose again from the bed, steered into haven, sitteth on his beam end, till further orders whence he shall come to drudge for a living and be paid. But, says Bloom, isn't discipline the same everywhere? I mean, wouldn't be the same here if you put force against force? Didn't I tell you? As true as I'm drinking this porter, if he was at his last gasp, he'd try to downface you that dying was living. We'll put force against force, says the citizen. We have our greater island beyond the sea. They were driven out of house and home in the Black 47. Their mud cabins and their shielings by the roadside were laid low by the battering gram. And the Times rubbed its hands and told the white-livered Saxons there would soon be as few Irish in Ireland as redskins in America. Even the Grand Turk sent us his pious trees. But the Sassanac tried to starve the nation at home while the land was full of crops that the British hyenas bought and sold in Rio de Janeiro. Aye, they drove out the peasants in hordes. Twenty thousand of them died in the coffin ships. But those they came to the land of the free remember the land of bondage. And they will come again, and with a vengeance, no cravens, the sons of Granuel, the champions of Kathleen Nihulian. Perfectly true, says Bloom, but my point was... We are a long time waiting for that day, citizen, says Ned. Since the poor old woman told us that the French were on the sea and landed at Kilala. Aye, says John Wise, we fought for the royal stewards that reneged us against the Williamites, and they betrayed us. Remember Limerick and the broken treaty stone. We gave our best blood to France and Spain, the wild geese. Fontenoy, hein? and Sarsfield and O'Donnell, Duke of Tetuan in Spain, and Ulysses Brown of Camus, there was field marshal to Maria Theresa. But what did we ever get for it? The French, says a citizen, set of dancing masters. Do you know what it is? They were never worth a roasted fart to Ireland. Aren't they trying to make an entente cordiale now at Taipei's dinner party with perfidious Albion? Firebrands of Europe, and they always were. Conspuez les Français, says Lenham, nobbling his beer. And as for the Prussians and the Hanoverians, says Joe, haven't we had enough of those sausage-eating bastards on the throne, from George the Elector down to the German lad and the flatulent old bitch that's dead? Jesus, I had to laugh at the way he came out with that, about the old one with the winkers on, her blind drunk in her royal palace, every night of God, old Vic, with her jorum of mountain dew, and her coachman carting her up, body and bones, to roll into bed, and she pulling him by the whiskers and singing him old bits of songs about Erin on the Rhine and come where the booze is cheaper. Well, says J.J., we have Edward the Peacemaker now. Tell that to a fool, says the citizen. There is a bloody sight more pox than pax about that boyo, Edward the Gelf wetin. And what do you think, says Joe, of the holy boys, the priests and bishops of Ireland, doing up his room in Maynooth in his satanic majesty's racing colours, and sticking up pictures of all the horses his jockeys rode, the Earl of Dublin no less. They ought to have stuck up all the woman he rode himself, says little Alf. And says J.J., considerations of space influence their lordship's decision. Will you try another, citizen, says Joe. Yes, sir, says he, I will. You, says Joe. Beholden to you, Joe, says I. May your shadow never grow less. Repeat that dose, says Joe. 
Bloom was talking and talking with John Wise, and he, quite excited, with his dun duckety mud-coloured mug on him, and his old plum eyes rolling about. Persecution, says he. All the history of the world is full of it, perpetuating national hatred among nations. But do you know what a nation means, says John Wise. Yes, says Bloom. What is it, says John Wise. A nation, says Bloom. A nation is the same people living in the same place. By God, then, says Ned, laughing. If that's so, I'm a nation, for I'm living in the same place for the past five years. So, of course, everyone had a laugh at Bloom, and says he, trying to muck out of it, or also living in different places. That covers my case, says Joe. What is your nation, if I may ask, says the citizen. Ireland, says Bloom. I was born here, Ireland. The citizen said nothing, only cleared the spit out of his gullet, and gob, he spat a red bank oyster out of him right in the corner. After you with the push, Joe, says he, taking out his handkerchief to swab himself dry. Here you are, citizen, says Joe. Take that in your right hand and repeat after me the following words. The much-treasured and intricately embroidered ancient Irish face cloth attributed to Solomon of Droma and Manus Tomotach og Macdonough, authors of the Book of Ballymut, was then carefully produced and called forth prolonged admiration. No need to dwell on the legendary beauty of the corner pieces, the acme of art, wherein one can distinctly discern each of the four evangelists, in turn presenting to each of the four masters his evangelical symbol, a bog oak scepter, a North American puma, a far nobler king of beasts than the British article, be it said in passing, a Kerry calf, and a golden eagle from Carantuhill. The scenes depicted on the emunctory field, showing our ancient dunes and raths and cromlichs and grianons, and seats of learning and maldictive stones, are as wonderfully beautiful, and the pigments as delicate as when the Sligo illuminators gave free rein to their artistic fantasy long, long ago in the time of the Barmecides. Glendalough, the lovely lakes of Killarney, the ruins of Clonmacnois, Cong Abbey, Glen Ina, and the Twelve Pins, Ireland's Eye, the green hills of Talacht, Croag Patrick, the brewery of Mrs Arthur Guinness, Sun and Company Limited, Loch Ney's Banks, the Vale of Overca, Isold's Tower, the Mappus Obelisk, Sir Patrick Dunn's Hospital, Cape Clear, the Glen of Ahalo, Lynch's Castle, the Scotch House, Rathdown Union Workhouse at Loch Linstown, Tullamore Jail, Castle Connell Rapids, Kill Ballymacshonakill, the Cross at Monaster Boyce, Jury's Hotel, St Patrick's Purgatory, the Salmon Leap, Maynooth College Refectory, Curley's Hole, the three birthplaces of the first Duke of Wellington, the Rock of Cashel, the Bog of Allen, the Henry Street Warehouse, Fingal's Cave. All these moving scenes are still there for us today, rendered more beautiful still by the waters of sorrow which have passed over them and by the rich incrustations of time. Shove us over the drink, says I. Which is which? That's mine, says Joe, as the devil said to the dead policeman. And I belong to a race too, says Bloom, that is hated and persecuted. 
also now, this very moment, this very instant. Gob, he near burnt his fingers with the butt of his old cigar. Robbed, says he, plundered, insulted, persecuted, taking what belongs to us by right. At this very moment, says he, putting up his fists, sold by auction, off in Morocco, like slaves or cattles. Are you talking about the new Jerusalem? says the citizen. I'm talking about injustice, says Bloom. Right, says John Wise. Stand up to it then, with force like men. That's an almanac picture for you. Mark for a soft-nosed bullet. Old lady face, standing up to the business end of a gun. Gob. He'd adorn a sweeping brush, so he would, if he only had a nurse's apron on him. And then he collapses all of a sudden, twisting around all the opposite, as limp as a wet rag. But it's no use, says he. Force, hatred, history, all that. That's not life for men and women, insult and hatred. And everybody knows that. It's the very opposite of that that is really life. What, says Alf? Love, says Bloom. I mean the opposite of hatred. I must go now, says he to John Wise. Just round to the quarter moment to see if Martin is there. If he comes, just say I'll be back in a second. Just a moment. Who's hindering you? And off he pops like greased lightning. A new apostle to the Gentiles, says the citizen. Universal love. Well, says John Wise, isn't that what we're told? Love your neighbours. That chap, says the citizen. Beggar my neighbour is his motto. Love Moya. He's a nice pattern of a Romeo and Juliet. Love loves to love love. Nurse loves the new chemist. Constable 14A loves Mary Kelly. Gertie McDowell loves the boy that has the bicycle. Mr B loves a fair gentleman. Lee Chi Han lovey up kissy chapu chow. Jumbo the elephant loves Alice the elephant. Old Mr Vershaw with the ear trumpet loves old Mrs Vershaw with the turned in eye. The man in the brown Macintosh loves a lady who is dead. His Majesty the King loves Her Majesty the Queen. Mrs Norman W Tupper loves Officer Taylor. You love a certain person. And this person loves that other person because everybody loves somebody, but God loves everybody. Well, Joe, says I, you're very good health and song. More power, citizen. Hurrah there, says Joe.